friends. A warm welcome to the Wellness Inspired Podcast, the place where you can find inspiration, motivation, and empowerment in the pursuit of a wellness lifestyle. I'm your host, Sherry Davidson. And as always, I am here with my co-host, Finn. And if you are new to the podcast, Finn is my terrier mix rescue dog, loyal companion, co-worker, and lover of trails. And speaking of trails, I am back for my trip to the Faroe Islands. It's been about three weeks. I had an amazing time. It truly is a magical place. And before I left, a friend said, there are three parts to a trip, the planning, the experiencing, and the sharing. And I love this. I planned it, I experienced it, and now I want to share it with you. And I'm not alone in this. People love sharing and people love reading and hearing about someone's travel experiences. Think about it. One of the most popular blog types are travel blogs. So what is it about travel? According to the U.S. Travel Association, prior to the pandemic, the U.S. travel industry experienced 10 straight years of growth due to the strengthening of domestic leisure travel, business travel, and international travel. In 2019, we spent $1.2 trillion on travel. Like I said, we humans love to travel. But why do we love to travel all over the world? Well, the motivation is varied and personal, but one thing is for sure, travel does something for us. So I decided to list the top 10 reasons people love to travel. There are more, so you might have a different reason, but these are the top 10. Number one is to learn. Seeing and experiencing the world is educational. You just can't get that in a book. Or maybe you want to learn a new language or skill. Number two, to expand your perspective. Different parts of the world, different cultures, different ways of living. When you travel, you expand beyond yourself to see things in a different light. Number three, to challenge yourself. Traveling pushes your limits and gets you out of your comfort zone. You learn more about who you are and your capabilities. Number four, to relax and rejuvenate. We all need a break to disconnect from the pressures of life. Number five, to celebrate. It could be a birthday, a big anniversary, graduation, wedding, and a getaway can make it extra special and strengthen the bond of those you travel with. Another reason, number six, is to connect with yourself. Traveling gives you the space to reflect on your life and learn more about yourself or where you want to go. Another reason to travel, number seven, for transformation, the chance for self-improvement to become a better person. Number eight, to immerse yourself in incredible landscapes, nature hills. Number nine, to have an adventure. Conquering new and fresh territory is exhilarating, but please leave the territory the way you found it. Number 10 is to connect with community, to satisfy those social cravings we humans have. So whether you like to travel to the heights of mountains, big waves of the sea, windy courses of rivers, or blue water pools at spas, Travel fulfills a need in us. My question to you is why do you love to travel? And in this episode, I want to share what traveling means to me by taking you on a journey of my wellness running adventure in the Faroe Islands. You don't have to be a runner to enjoy the next two episodes. There is so much more here. In the end, I hope you discover why you love to travel. 
I hope it inspires you to seek out more of those experiences so you can plan, experience, and share with others. Are you ready? Let's do this. I have been on several short trips this year. They have all been excellent and much needed. However, this trip was special. After the past couple of years, this 15-day trip to explore and run in another beautiful country was especially needed. So instead of calling this episode Running Adventures like I have in the past, I decided to call it the Wellness Running Adventures at John Wild Island Trail Festival because it was so much more than just running. This trip satisfied me on so many levels. It transformed me. So where do I begin? Well, I was a hamster in a hamster wheel, moving but not going anywhere. I felt stuck, frustrated, and honestly, a little burned out. Entrepreneurship is challenging. There are many ups and downs, as well as sacrifices and rewards. And in the big picture, I really enjoy owning my own business and what I do, Chinese medicine and wellness coaching. However, the pandemic laid down another layer of challenges for me in my acupuncture clinic. My business is a face-to-face business. I was involved in my TCM community and there was a lot of fear among practitioners. The big question, how do we maintain our practice during this time? My patient load in the clinic decreased but I never stopped diligently working away. I was constantly looking for silver linings and ways to pivot personally and professionally. I thought, this is my time to make change. So what change would I like to see? Overall, I stayed positive, but there was always this voice in the back of my head. Am I gonna make it through this? Will my business survive? It was not the lockdown. It was the two and a half years of fear that had me on the roller coaster ride of my life. People were scared to be face to face in a closed space with other people, even with a mask. And I get it. Unfortunately, I could not do the thing that gets me out of my box to gain perspective, travel and adventure. So I had to look to other ways. There is a meditation that I really like, and some of you may be aware of it, but you start in your body. And progressively, little by little, you expand out into the universe. For example, you are lying on a sofa. You close your eyes. You feel your body and the sofa supporting you. Then you expand outside of your body where you can see your body. You see yourself lying there and you see the room from above. And then you expand out a little bit more. You see your house a little bit more. You see your neighborhood a little bit more, you see your town. You keep going until you are in space looking down on the world. I have always loved this meditation because it gives you perspective and helps you focus on what's important, not to sweat the small stuff. This is what travel does for me, especially when I travel out of the country. I am able to get completely out of my box, routines, habits, and experience something new. It expands my consciousness, opens my mind, it nourishes me, it makes me feel alive, it makes me a better person. And one thing I noticed about this trip is it moved me forward in my life. I felt like I progressed. And this was the first time I experienced this feeling of moving forward 
And it could be situational coming out of the pandemic. Uh, I was feeling incredibly stuck and this trip liberated my chi. You know, growing up, my my family didn't travel. My dad's father was in the Air Force. They moved often. So my dad never had a chance to settle in a place and make friends. So needless to say, my dad has a strong aversion to travel. So we didn't travel, but that didn't mean my parents discouraged me or stopped me from traveling. It was in high school when I discovered my love for traveling. My parents let me go on a trip to Europe for a month. We traveled to Germany, Austria, France, Switzerland, the Czech Republic, Luxembourg. I learned about new places, people, and had new experiences. And I realized that there was no one way of living and there were many worldviews. And it's funny, my mom said I came back changed and all grown up. It expanded my perspective. It challenged me. It was an adventure of a lifetime. And it had a positive impact on me. It wasn't until my 20s I discovered my love for adventure. I started working at Whole Earth Provisions. And if you are not from Texas, it is an outdoor store. And when I walked into the store, I lit up. The backpacks, the hiking boots, the travel books, the climbing gear, the sleeping bags, and other adventure paraphernalia reminded me of my trip in high school. So I got a job. And I met two traveling friends, Eric and Mark. They showed me that conquering new territory is exhilarating. We went rock climbing at Enchanted Rock in Austin, Texas. We spent a New Year's climbing in Puebla, Mexico. And I have to say that rock climbing ended up not being my thing, but it was absolutely amazing to be out there and I had great company. Another trip we took, we went to Pico de Orizaba. It's an inactive volcano and the highest mountain in Mexico. So we did a little climbing there. We backpacked through Europe, London, Ireland, Amsterdam. And once we spun the globe, I shut my eyes and wherever my finger landed was our next trip. The first time my finger landed on the Congo. So we had to come up with some rules like it had to have a stable government. So the next try, my finger landed on Antelope, Oregon. And yes, if you have seen it, Wild Wild Country, it's a Netflix docuseries. The little town of Antelope, Oregon was taken over by the Indian guru Oso and his following. It's a good series. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. And even after seeing this, I still like some of Oso's work. But Eric and Mark showed me conquering new territory is fun. And I just kept seeking it out. I've done the El Camino de Santiago. I walked 450 miles across Spain, hiked the Himalayan mountains and spent some time in Tibet, spent a month in China doing an internship, South Africa for the Comrades Marathon, the ultimate human race, Bryce Canyon for an ultra marathon. And I've had many, many more adventures. And all of that has led me to here, the Faroe Islands. And it could not have been more perfect. You know, when I told people I was going to the Faroe Islands, the first question they asked, where are the Faroe Islands? And the second question, who are you going with? And most were surprised when I said, I'm going alone. Honestly, I love traveling with people, but sometimes going alone is the best way to travel. And this trip was one of them. Well, let's talk about the Faroe Islands. You know, the history can be traced back to Viking times. The Faroe Islands are located in between Iceland and Norway in the North Atlantic Sea. It is an archipelago of 18 islands. It's part of Denmark. However, 
The islands are self-governing. So tip, don't ask them if they are Danish. They are Ferozi. I flew to Newark, to Iceland, and then the Faroe Islands. Atlantic Airways only has two flights a week to the Faroe Islands from Iceland. I was a little nervous about changes in flights and unpredictable weather. In 2019, my flight to Iceland was delayed 15 hours due to the wind. And this is not uncommon for Iceland and the Faroe Islands. And if I missed my Atlantic Airway flight, there would be a possibility I would miss the race. So I stayed in Iceland for a day just in case anything happened with the flights and they were delayed for any reason. And thankfully, that didn't happen. So I stayed in Kaflavik, where the airport is located. And this time, I learned that the airport was a U.S. military base during World War II. And this resulted in the town becoming the music center of Iceland. This is where they got exposure to the world. In fact, the Icelandic Museum of Rock and Roll is in Keflavik. I made it there and it was fantastic. And yes, Bjork was, was everywhere. But anyways, I made my flight and I was on my way to the Faroe Islands a day later. So the weather in the Faroe Islands, let's talk about the weather. The Faroe Islands, the summers are short, cold, foggy, and windy. And the winters are very long, very cold, wet, foggy, and extremely windy. It's cloudy most of the year. And the temperature typically varies between 34 to 54 and is rarely below 28 and above 58. And while I was there, it was low 40s and high 50s. And it was pretty consistent the whole time I was there. We didn't have much rain and we did have fog, but not on, not on race day. And I was very grateful. And I'll talk more about this when I talk about the race. The, because the outcome of the race could have been very different if the weather was different. So I'm very thankful for the weather that we that we had. I stayed in an Airbnb, and I don't think I could have picked a better place. It was hosted by Hans. Hans is a 70-year-old gentleman. He lives there with his dog, Perla. Perla was 18, and she still liked to chase cats. I was super impressed when Hans showed me, and I asked, what are you feeding, feeding her? Because that's amazing, 18 and still vital and healthy running, chasing cats. And most of you know Finn. Uh, I would love to see him doing the same thing. His English was good, not Finn, although his English is good. But Hans, his English is good enough for a very small chat. So we had a couple of small chats and I, I really enjoyed it. Hans grew up in the house. He made the apartment on the first floor in the basement. There, their basements are not below ground. They're above ground and it's usually the first floor, but he made that into an apartment. The location was perfect. It was one street over from the harbor. It was walking distance to everything, all the great food, the cafes. So honestly, it was, it was perfect. You know, I chose to stay at an Airbnb because it had a kitchen. And since I was staying there for two weeks, I didn't want to eat every meal out. And besides, the only restaurants open during the day were the cafes. The restaurants didn't open until 5 or 6 p.m. And most of the cafes had burgers and sandwiches, so it worked out perfectly. And a side note, I did not see any fast food restaurants there. I had a favorite coffee shop. I walked there every morning waiting for the island to wake up, usually around 10 or 11. The coffee shops opened at nine, so it was perfect. But I went to a couple of other coffee shops, but I felt like I could be in Houston. But this one, the Cafe Husid, again, 
pardon my pronunciation, Kafi Husid is on the harbor. And I enjoyed sitting there looking out at the water and all the boats tied up. It reminded me where I was in the world. During the first week, I would head to the Atjan Trail Festival base camp after coffee. And the Atjan Trail Festival is a five-day festival full of culture, activities, nature, and of course, the trail race. And yesterday, I found something interesting. I was doing some research and came across an article by the Global Wellness Institute, and it was titled, Trend, The Explosion of Fitness Meets Nature and Wellness Festivals. They mentioned two festivals. The Atjan Trail Race was one of them. And this is what they said. Typically, these new festivals combine trail or ultra trail running events that are longer than the standard marathon held on trails in nature with music, healthy food, spectacular immersion in nature, and diverse communal wellness experiences. They constitute a new form of wellness practice, more focused on fitness, but also combined with a lot of social pleasure. And this is exactly what the festival was. Running, music, healthy food. They had a vegetarian food truck serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And definitely spectacular immersion in nature and diverse communal experiences. I met people from all over the world, mostly Europe, but all over the world. We had yoga, cold water swimming, and hot tub, rock climbing, surfing, speedboat tours, diving, parties, and of course, the run. I only made it to the yoga, thought about the cold water swimming, but this Texan struggles with cold, so I chose to do the yoga. But you could choose to do as many of these activities that you wanted, or you didn't have to do any of them at all. So the other thing I really appreciated about the festival was the focus on the Ferozzi culture. It was definitely a learning experience. I went on a walking tour of Torshan and I loved it. So I'm going to share some fun facts that I learned uh, during the walking tour. The Faroe Islands has a population of 50,000 people. There are more sheep on the island than people. So there are 75,000 sheep. The first settlers recorded in the Faroe Islands were Irish monks. The Faroe Islands are ranked among the highest in the world based on GDP per capita. The Faroe Islands depend on export. The main export are fish, fish products, salmon, cod, mackerel, herring, and haddock. So you can get a lot of fresh seafood there. They depend mainly on the export of fish products, fish and fish products. So they're looking for another funnel of income and they are wanting to increase tourism there. There is a men to women ratio imbalance. There are more men than women that live on the island. And what our guide told us was that the young adults go off to college. Uh, they usually study abroad and the women don't go back. The islands are very traditional and conservative, and the men are pressured to go back and take care of the family business, whether it is a fishing business or they have land and sheep, the, um, the men are pressured to come back and take care of that. So they have an imbalance in their ratio of men to women, but they found a solution and the solution to the problem was the internet. Many of the Ferozzi men invited Filipino women to the islands to be their brides. Therefore, the most spoken language, the third most spoken language in the Faroe Islands is Tangala. The official language is Ferozi, 
And the second language spoken there is Danish. All Farosi are taught English in school. Some speak more than others, but usually enough to connect and get around. Well, those are some fun facts about the Faroe Islands. I hope you enjoyed that. Well, I'm going to wrap this episode up, but before I do, I want to share something else that really impacted me. And it was the sense of safety I had there. You should never let your guard down completely traveling, but I felt comfortable walking around day and night. I walked all over the city. I walked around the harbor at night. I walked home from several dinners in the evening. You know, maybe what gave me this sense was seeing women leave their babies in carriages outside the store while they went into shop. You would never do that in the United States. Maybe it was reading that there was not one crime against a person traveling abroad reported. I'm not sure what gave me this sense of safety, but it felt really nice and relaxing. So I wanted to share that with you. And I think this is a good place to end. We'll pick it up here in the next episode. I want to share my experiences of the Atchon Trail Festival and more of Torshuan. After the race, I indulge more in the nightlife and the food. So I'm excited to share that with you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and share with your family and friends. You can also give me a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps others find me as well. To get updates on new episodes and wellness inspiration in your inbox, please join the Wellness Inspired community. Go to the wellnessinspiredpodcast.com to sign up, and I'll put the link in the show notes so you can click and join. Also, there is a Facebook community at The Wellness Inspired, and you can follow me on Instagram at wellness underscore inspire. If you're in the Houston area or just visiting and interested in our services, acupuncture, herbal medicine, cupping, zinchiatsu, or dry needling therapy, contact us. You can find out more on our website at element5om.com. That's element, the number five, om.com. And again, I'll put the link in the show notes. If you're interested in health and wellness coaching, we can connect in the clinic or on Zoom. Reach out to us and we'll get you on the schedule. And as always, I would love to hear your feedback. I am dedicated to bringing you great content that is inspiring and informative with an artsy, fun, and edgy spin. Thank you so much for listening. We'll meet here again next time. And remember, never stop exploring, learning, loving, and being you. Bye.